Welcome back to Restless. I'm Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, and you've joined myself and Lauren and Paul and Carmelina. As today we are diving into uh, an issue that a lot of our young, young adult friends are wrestling with, and that is being spiritual but not religious. Because a lot of people kind of reject organized religion, but they still say they believe in God, they pray, they have some sort of a uh, spirituality, whatever that means, kind of a nebulous term for a lot of different things. And do you guys know people that fall into that category? Of her spiritual but not religious? Absolutely. Lots, yeah. Yeah, lots. Mm-hmm. Family members, friends? Not so much family members, friends, just people I meet in general. Sometimes this is such a weak area for me. I'm not very confrontational with this kind of stuff. And every time I meet someone who's spiritual, especially the ones that I love, I'm like, Lord, why? Like, I don't want to say anything. I just, I, I want to ask them questions, but I'm so, I just get nervous because I don't know what to do. I'm like, Lord, are you asking me to ask them questions or... Mm. I don't know. It's very, it's very uncomfortable for me. This, yeah. this type of stuff. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, I, I think it's this, this, this natural. I mean, it's a God-given thing that we have that is this, this urge to to live outside of ourselves and to go search for God. Um, and um, and with you know the Abrahamic tradition, God comes to us, um, which is that realization that. Some folks maybe haven't gotten yet or don't accept, um, and so they, there's this idea that there's this spiritual, this spirituality, and so I have friends that attend, you know, universalist churches, um, and they, you know, or they engage in. We're gonna talk about maybe like yoga or other types of things because that's spiritual. So they are engaging something that's naturally in them, um, that's that's um, metaphysical. Let's say. Yeah, I'll never forget one time I was out camping and uh i think it was i think we were in idaho that night because we were, we were flew into spokane and drove across to glacier national park in montana and so we spent the night in idaho and uh i just i'd gotten up early i was a deacon at the time i gotten up early uh, with my buddy and we i was praying liturgy hours by myself under this beautiful you know pine forest it was really nice and this guy came up with like long ponytail and everything typical hippie he's like hey man what you doing I'm like, well, you know, I'm just praying. He's like, oh, this is cool. What are you praying? I'm like, I showed him the liturgy hours. I'm like, yeah, you know. He's like, what do you, what do, you do? I was like, I'm, yeah, I'm a Catholic deacon. I'm studying to be a priest. He's like, that's cool. I worship the trees. <laughs> and then there's that. And I was like, I worship the one who made the trees. I don't know. I think I win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, certainly environmental movement is a whole other religion so to speak out there but um but it's interesting i so that struck me as like well here's a man who's searching for transcendence mm-hmm. yeah you know he believes there's there's something greater than him out there he just thinks it's a tree and okay maybe the tree <laughs> is greater than you but like there's something even greater than the tree that is god yeah. do you know anybody uh like this maybe uh, not like I'm tree sure. worshiping hippies but no i'm sure that some of my friends would say that they're spiritual not religious they haven't said it to me directly I come more across, you know, the doubters, I guess, that, that comes up more uh, in conversation. But, yeah, or someone said to me once, you know, I don't know, it was something vague. They believed in maybe some kind of spirituality, and then I, and they're, 
uh, maybe I shouldn't have done this, but their grandmother happened to just pass. I'm like, so where do you think your grandma is? I didn't say it like that. I, I, I swear I said it like in a caring way, but I'm trying to get her to realize like your grandma lives on. Or she has a, an eternal soul and you're talking about some kind of a spirituality that you have, but she wasn't ready to say that her grandma was still alive, you mm. know? And I tried to, and I think she was someone that struggled with science and religion, but there is no conflict between science and religion. There's only misunderstanding. So, right. Um, yeah. And, and that is, I think, one big reason why people are spiritual but not religious. You know, I'm a free thinker, I think, for myself. Right. It's this, like, sense of freedom that they feel like they wouldn't have if they joined an organized religion like Catholicism. Whereas you got you to gotta know it, you know, to understand that that's totally false. And, um, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. When you said that, do you know what the, where the word religion comes from? It comes from two Latin words, well, re is a prefix, and then ligare, where where you also get the word ligament. It means to bind again. So to Mm -hmm. to join a religion is to bind yourself to that religion, to to be an adherent, as they say, which means that you do lose a certain amount of freedom. I don't get to choose what days I fast. I don't get to choose how I pray, you know, in a sense, because you're you're following in a tradition. Yeah, well, there's also Mm -hmm. also a a lot of Christians that will say, well, I'm Christian, but I'm not. I'm, I don't. I don't choose a religion, you know, like because it's it, you have it's you you might have faith, but you're not following a you're not binding yourself to to some to a religion to some sort of um, you know uh, action based faith scheme. And honestly, action based faith scheme. Well, that's the best. Would you like to join my action based faith scheme? <laughs> yes, I tend to use interesting vocabulary. That's, that's new new definition of religion. But I always notice with that too is it seems like people who are Christian but not of a certain type, I guess, or practicing aren't really living out their faith much, I've noticed. Right. They they aren't going to any kind of service. I don't think they pray you don't need regular to. Right. So you're it's, not binding yourself. But yeah, isn't it, it's a problem. That is a contradiction if you look at the right. commandments God gave us. Right? True. So how how do you I don't know. How Although, do you live like I'm a Christian if you're not living it? You know what's wild, though? This is a little bit off topic, but I think it's fascinating that um, they're starting to pop up atheist churches. What? Where people, because people are missing the sense of community that comes with a church, but they're like, I don't believe in God, so I'll just get together with other non-believers on Sunday mornings well, and we'll hear motivational speeches. Atheism is a religion to some extent. It's, well, you have to follow it. You, you, they, I mean, you think about the atheist movement in the United States, you have, you know, in front of a courthouse or whatever, you have the Ten Commandments, and then you have to have the statement next to it about there is no God, there's this and there's that, and they, you'll see protests and you'll see, you know, demonstration. That's a religion. They're binding themselves to this, this ideology. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it takes forms. So I think every, there's, there's, we, we do this now. Like I said, we do this. We have this, we're looking for the transcendence, whether you're binding yourself to, woke culture or you're binding yourself to environmentalism or you're binding yourself to atheism or you're binding yourself to the truth. So we're looking for a bigger story to Absolutely. write our lives in. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. If we do not believe in God or have a true relationship with him, we will make our own gods. And I think what was incredible to see was, especially this summer with all of the riots, people were freely laying down their lives for this cause. And it just reminded me of the martyrs in mm. our church and how they almost viewed it in the same light. And I just thought that was 
incredible. Like this was this was what they were living for. Mm-hmm. And um it just made me stop and think like wow, this is bigger than I even thought just because there's there's some saying about, you know, what you're about is what you're willing to die for. Mm. And and yeah, I was just really I was kind of stunned to see that. Yeah, that I think is very true. Mm-hmm. So, is it possible then to find spirituality without organized religion? Because a lot of people I mean, claim to have found it. Do you think it's possible? I think people. I think it's possible that people have convinced themselves that they found it. I think so, and I think that just as human beings, because we are living in God's creation, we are constantly surrounded by God, and we are made in God's image. So even if people don't recognize that they are experiencing God, they are, and they might label it as spirituality, right? Like anything good, an act of kindness, or maybe an act of service or some way, some way small that you laid down your life for someone, that's that's God's good nature in us, right? Mm. And even if they think, oh, this is spirituality, like this makes me feel really good, and it's a good thing, they might actually be experiencing God and just don't recognize it as God. The Second Vatican Council, actually, or maybe the Catechism, I think it's the Catechism, that actually called that seeds of the word. Mm. That in every spirituality and every culture you can find those good things that are kind of preparations for the fullness of the gospel. Right, right. And you never also know, like someone who's spiritual, I can see this in my own life when I wasn't fully, you know, in communion with the church where I had these moments of just sheer goodness that I look back in my life and it was just God kind of planting those seeds. So you never know also like what someone's, what journey someone is on or at what point they're in and... um God could definitely be just leading him back to himself. Yeah. That's what for me makes it one of the toughest things to evangelize is the fact that you don't, not only do you not know the journey, but everyone's journey is so unique. Right. That, you know, you may bring 10 people to a a single program and three people think it's the most life-changing thing ever. And the rest, the other seven are like, this is horrible and awful. (laughs) So it's always tough like, oh, trying to judge like, how should I evangelize this person? Because it could be different for everybody. But, sure. hmm. So do you know of anybody that's um, seeking spirituality and things like the new age movement? I don't. That's good if you I, don't. Yeah, I think it's more, um, I think there are people, I know people that are just searching generally. I know one person I would say in particular who has been on a, a long quest to find spirituality. I think that, I, I really do think he's going to end up in the church someday. It might take, decades but i think he will um where has he sought so far he well just randomly texted me he's like i'm starting to go to mass he had never been to any christian thing ever wow uh if anything i think he had been to about 30 bar mitzvahs growing up because <laughs> you live in the northeast that's kind of the way it is sometimes but i've never been to one i've always wanted to go oh really oh they're i didn't have any jewish friends growing right? up yeah they're that's fun when bummer. they're themed too <laughs> i grew up in a very jewish town so it's part of the territory but um any the parties case. are out of this world. <laughs> so, uh, so any case, but but you know he's searching and and um, he's tried lots of things. Uh, and so I would say, yeah, I, I have met one, and uh, I try to be encouraging when I can. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it's been fun to watch that evolve over time, and it's a roller coaster. Yeah, I can imagine. Mm. Like <laughs> religion of the month club. 
Kind of. And I think a lot of people are doing that there. And, and I think it's a it's a because right, you know, we have this pride, right? We're human pride. We have this idea that we can control things. We can control everything. So it's like, well, I'm going to go find the one that best fits me as opposed to finding what is true. Mm. Um, you know, and I think that's 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 the world we live in now. And we've created idols out of everything. Um, that's not God. Yeah. I mean, of course, there's that old saying, the customer is always right, you know, because yeah, it's, America, the idea yeah. is that, you know, if if I'm coming to something that's got to fit my lifestyle, you know, and religion actually kind of throws out on the head because the religion is, no, the customer is almost usually always wrong right. and needs to repent mm-hmm. right. and change your life. And So, Father, with the New Age movement, can you share what some of them are? Because I really don't know much about them. You know, it's kind of a, a an umbrella term for a lot of different Eastern things, uh, sometimes Eastern, sometimes um, uh, there's things like yoga, things like transcendental meditation. Um, crystals? Crystals. Yeah, crystal. Healing crystals, I mean, I've yeah. seen the crystal crystals. thing like on Bravo, which I don't watch anymore. But I mean, <laughs> I've seen them on there. I'm like, what, what are these people doing with these crystals? I, d- I, don't, I don't know what it's about. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's just contacting spirits. Um, yeah, my my uncle is a practitioner of the New Age movement, and it was that's interesting. Yeah, it was. It, he's he's an interesting fellow. Lives in California. He's um, got. He's really like he's a UFO chaser. Oh, that's which phenomenal. You know, is linked wow. to that, and I just I'll never forget at my grandfather's funeral. You know, my grandfather was a daily communicant, holy man. When he died, his son, you know, who's the his oldest child said, I would like to say something at the graveside. So we're all like, oh no, it's Uncle, Uncle Chris. What is he going to say? So he gets up there and he starts, Heavenly Father. We're all like, phew, thank goodness. Then he goes on, Cosmic Mother. We're all like, no, this is not going well. It, it went downhill from there. So it's kind of, you know, part of the New Age movement is, uh, one of the big themes is called monism. Monism is a fancy word for believing that all divisions are illusions, that we are all one. You know, I am you and you are me and I am the universe and we all share the energies and things mm. of that nature. A, a lot of them are derived from, it's like a neo-Buddhism or neo-Shintoism or neo-Hinduism. A lot of it comes, a lot of the is, is more philosophical in nature and it's been made into a spiritual. Um, like I would say like Shintoism, in, in, which is popular in Japan and other countries, is is almost more of a philosophy than religion, but it has a spiritual element to it. Mm. So I think a lot of the things that we hear, I also think of like spiritual, but as a lot of like Native American type culture um, in United States. Yeah, there's States. a lot of eco-connectivity. Yeah, yeah. You know, my uncle got diagnosed with cancer. Thankfully, he's still alive, but he didn't want to go to do any medicine. So he was you know, going with all holistic and, um, you know, eating some of those bizarre foods. And so. Hey, it worked for Don Imus. Did it really? Yeah, he start. He changed his diet, and he his cancer like went away. Oh wow, that's good to hear. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. Anyway, wow. <laughs> there's <laughs> probably the, science behind that too. Not here nor there. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. But the, but the new age movement is very prevalent and very very much um, attractive because it's hard to know sometimes what where the line is when people are like, "Hey, let's go do yoga." And you're like, "Sure," and some yoga is okay, and some yoga is not okay. You know, but we're gonna take a break in a second. Actually, you no, know, we'll take a break right now. When we come back, we'll talk more about some of the nitty-gritty of the New Age movement and how we can find deep mystical spirituality right here in our Catholic faith. Hey, did you know you can take Veritas Catholic Network with you wherever you go? All you have to do is download the Veritas Catholic Network app. Then you can listen to the live broadcast 24 hours a day. 
You can also grab podcasts of our original shows like Let Me Be Frank and Restless and much more right at your fingertips and on your phone. Download the Veritas Catholic Network app today at the Apple App Store or on the Google Play Store or visit www.veritascatholic.com. Hey, welcome back to Restless. We've been talking about spirituality, whether or not you can find spirituality outside of religion and how some people are seeking kind of Eastern and New Age spiritualities. And and uh, during the break, Paul revealed that he had never been to a yoga class. That's correct. And I'm, <laughs> I'm very happy to hear that. But uh, what is the issue with yoga? Have you guys ever done yoga or... Oh yeah, I've done yoga. I yeah, used to do it a lot in college. It. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not so much anymore, obviously. But um, yeah, I've definitely participated. I've never been a fan of it, but I've been told many times that I should do it because of, you know, playing ultimate and then things get out of whack a lot or something mm-hmm. tight and something, you know. And so I've been told often that I should do yoga. Yeah. yeah. I just find it really boring. It is it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to <laughs> focus. I don't absolutely. do it. But. You should try the cardio yoga. I hear it's great. <laughs> cardio yoga. That's yeah. I, that's I a think contradiction. I did in take terms. a cardio kind of yoga class once with a friend when I visited her, and it was adding in like squats and lunges. Yeah, yeah. And the room was really hot. Well, that's the Vikram then there's yoga. hot yoga. The Vikram so. yoga. Yeah, it's super hot. Yeah, I know. I had friends in New York that would do that all the time. Mm. So I did. I used to do CrossFit, and then I would go to hot yoga after, and it was fantastic. <laughs> Yeah. And here's why you can't do yoga as Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> now that you've all given ringing endorsements in yoga. So yoga itself, I mean, comes from uh, basically worship. And some of the poses that, that are used in yoga are poses that would have been used in Buddhist worship. And, and the person who invented uh, yoga is an ancient Hindu tradition from centuries and centuries ago. And I'm unfortunately I'm not an expert in this, but I guess fortunately, really. But uh so, so they, they have their roots in, in worshipful poses that you're worshiping the false gods of the Hindus. Now, most people in America don't know that history and most people are not into it. But the question really is, you know, who's your yoga instructor, first of all? You know, is this person somebody who's going to be incorporating spirituality into the yoga? Because a lot of yoga is not just the physical, but it's also the mental, right? right? Mentally calming your mind, focusing and breathing exercises and maybe even saying mantras. And that part starts to kind of fade into the very dangerous um, piece of Buddhist spirituality. So really, there's nothing wrong with physically stretching your body. That's great. But if you need to take the yoga name, that name comes with it associated so many other negative things that we as Catholics really want to avoid. So I recommend to people, find a class on stretching. Well, actually, so the the yoga poses that are used in modern day like especially american yoga is actually was introduced to india by the british as calisthenics was it really yeah so that's the so the pose that you're doing aren't actually they they, they might have been somewhat related to it but or modified but they were british calisthenics that's interesting because i'd heard otherwise that's heard what i've heard but well in any case well, what, i wouldn't come near it if you're, what would happen though if you are a christian and you're in a class where they do have you focus on your breathing definitely heard that i've never really gotten that myself i i don't know i don't find that peaceful i don't want to take in deep breaths i'm like all right let's get on with it (laughs) but it is something they do and a lot of people find that relaxing right but if you are doing that let's say but you were thinking about our god the christian god would that be okay because you're living your faith and you're taking it as a moment to kind of connect with him or is it still wrong because it's 
the yoga way of well certainly i mean there's nothing wrong with you know breathing exercises nothing wrong with breathing exercises when god is involved that's perfectly fine but i think if you're joining a class where the the instructors leading you in the breathing exercises you have to wonder what exactly are they leading you to okay you know and I guess I've always felt like, you know, Satan is so powerful and he comes in through some of these Eastern spiritualities. And and so maybe even if you are unaware, you still have to be careful, right? Like, for example, uh, I, I always pronounce it wrong. Reiki? Reiki? Reiki. Reiki, Reiki. Yeah. Reiki. Reiki, you know, which is, I don't know if you're familiar with Reiki. It's, I've heard of it. It's a, it's a type of Eastern sp- healing where people, they don't actually touch your body. They just kind of... Um, kind of hover their hands over your body, maybe an inch over your body and try to kind of invoke some energies into some healing energies from the universe. So like the idea of talking about energies, if anything talks about an energy, you can know that's not Christian because there's no, there's no, like that's not even a Christian category to talk about energies out there, right? Well, well, I, I hear that if you take your feet and you rub them on the carpet, and then you might hover over, you might get a spark of static electricity, which would be a transfer of energy. But besides that, I agree. Besides that, besides that, I agree. Yes, that is, that is what energy is. Yeah. But, uh, but I'll never forget, I was one time, I was at this parish and I was giving, uh, I was giving guitar lessons when I was at seminary and to a couple of the kids in the school. And the mothers of one of the kids in the school was a, like this new age practitioner. She was like wacky into this like whole nine yards. And it was the most bizarre thing. This kid went to a Catholic, went to a Catholic school, but um, I remember like she had to be there for for one of the sessions, and we were looking around this library. I'd never been inside this library before. It was like a tiny little library off the side of our parish center, and we're looking for a plug for like our electric guitar amps. So we're looking all around, looking all around. She had never been in that library before either, but I'm like, "Where's the plug?" She walks right in, goes right over to three books, pulls them out, and finds the plug right behind it. And I was like, how'd you do that? She's like, I sensed the energies. I was like, I'm out of here. This is too weird. Too weird. Oh, my. And you say, all right. I mean, are there energies out there? I mean, if you're in tune with something that's not the Holy Spirit, then there's only one other spirit that can be influencing you. Interesting. Right. And that's the danger that I was thinking of, you know, as you were talking, like it is it is possible to channel things that, you know, aren't aren't of God, depending on what you're doing and how how you're doing it. there's it's a whole other topic of discussion but that's also a very real very real possibility it's a very real possibility Mm -hmm. especially with mediums and stuff you know you're not communicating with with angels you're you're communicating scary stuff with demons Mm -hmm. that's right that's what that's what's happening and yeah and the truth is that um, you just don't want to go down that road absolutely It's, it's dangerous absolutely so in some i think like find a good class that's just stretching don't do yoga. Now you can now ever do like, um, cause there's, there's Christian meditation in addition to like, you know, the Eastern meditation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, have you ever, have you ever practiced like contemplative play, prayer or anything like that? Have you heard of that? Absolutely. Like Lexio. Sure. Yeah. Like Lexio. Or Ignatian mm-hmm. contemplation. Absolutely. Yeah. Very meditative, very insightful. Also a good thing to do just in Bible study. Um, get together with a group, Talk about your insights as you're meditating on scripture. Yeah. Really beautiful exercise. And when you're meditating, I think one of the things you can focus on is, you know, a word from scripture mm-hmm. or a name of God, you know, and that can be, you know, your mantra, quote unquote, you know, that calms your mind 
to open it up not to the energies, but to God. Because I think a lot of people get into Eastern spirituality because they're looking for spirituality and they can't find it. They feel like they can't find it in the Catholic Church because they've never been taught how to pray in a deep way. Okay, they know there are fathers and their Hail Marys, but did you know you can meditate, do mental prayer, do contemplation within the Catholic tradition? In fact, there's a great tradition called, have you ever heard of Kesychasm? No. Yeah, no. as you know, one never talks about Kesychasm. It's actually kind of an Eastern Orthodox thing where uh, you repeat a prayer over and over and over again. It's generally the Jesus prayer, which is Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Mm -hmm. And you pray that literally thousands of times a day. And as you pray it a thousand times, you know, sometimes you'll keep track on beads. Sometimes you won't even keep track. You'll just keep praying it. And it really starts to calm your mind mm. so that your thoughts aren't racing a thousand miles an hour and that you open yourself up to to Christ, really. Yeah, so I, I learned something similar. So Paul actually bought me a book called Breath. And it's all about this researcher who went out and he looked at these Tibetan monks and ancient ways of breathing to optimize how we can breathe and basically you know train our bodies to breathe all optimally and people have reported these incredible health benefits because of it and actually he talked about in one chapter the importance of prayer and there's a, there's this rhythm the optimal rhythm of breathing that he had identified it's like a certain count of inhales mm. and exhales yeah. and cool. actually he discovered that when you pray the rosary as you pray the rosary, we naturally follow that rhythm. Yeah, it's with the Hail Mary, like mm -hmm. breathe the, the, the two parts of the Hail Mary prayer, like the perfect inhale and exhale pattern or something like yep. that. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. To train our bodies to, and he said that is, he said this is part of the association with the euphoric experience that many of us experience after the rosary, which is absolutely incredible. Like it's, it's almost like our Lord knew um how <laughs> body and soul body, body and soul, soul. Yeah. really it, it really is yeah sure sure that's mm -hmm. crazy that's mm -hmm. that's interesting i never knew about that yeah. there, there are these so one thing one little tangent but there are these tibetan monks that will be in basically just like you know just their toga thing or whatever they wear and they will be in sub very sub-zero temperatures and they can control their body temperature by their breathing and they'll be sweating they'll be so warm it's just incredible what you can do with breathing mm -hmm. wow yeah yeah and that you can incorporate that into our yeah. Catholic tradition. Absolutely. Yeah. Pray the rosary. You'll breathe better. Yeah. And feel better and be united with our Lord. Absolutely. And then one thing that I think, you know, especially in adoration, um, after, especially during busy, just busy times, um, uh, one of the things that I was taught was um, as you begin, as you enter into adoration or any type of prayer, really, but it's just, uh, just Holy Spirit, take my thoughts away. Like, make my thoughts yours, not my own. Take my thoughts away. And that's really helped me. Mm. Just praying for the Holy Spirit just to remove your thoughts is, is really powerful. Yeah. Because that's, you know, that's the thing that one, another big difference between Eastern spirituality and Catholic spirituality is that Eastern spirituality seeks to just rid your thoughts. Mm. You know, empty your mind, get rid of your desires, kind of just be, be in nirvana, which is the nothingness. But we, as, we say as Catholics, we're emptied so that we can be right. filled exactly absolutely by god by his holy spirit by by the truth you know right which is how many of us are converted right we spend that time thinking numbing trying to find the the freedom or the peace that we're looking for and we can't find it unless we fully lay down our lives to god yeah. really it's like this twisted mystery that when you step outside of it it makes no sense but really through that 
whole selfless surrender. I mean, people look at religious, like nuns, especially in the cloister, and they're like, what are you doing? You're nuts. But it's really, they're the happiest, most joyful people because they're fully laying down their lives and their will. And we can all experience that in our own lives um, through that surrender. So thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Restless. My challenge for you is, you know, if you're hungry and thirsting and seeking authentic spirituality, don't look elsewhere. Find it right here in the Catholic Church. There's such a rich tradition. Read some of the great saints like St. John of the Cross or St. Teresa of Avila about how to pray, how to pray deeply. And when you empty yourself, you will be filled, filled with God, filled with grace. You can join us on Veritas Catholic Network, which is 1350 AM. You can also find us wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on social media, such as Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Take care and see you next time.